around here. Captain! Signature's detected. Welcome to the greatest discovery. It's a Star Trek Discovery podcast from the makers of The Greatest Generation. I'm Adam Pranica. I'm Ben Harrison. I'm so ashamed of what we're going to do today. Uh, you should be. It was your idea. <laughs> Want to make that clear from jump. I, w- I was like, Ben, what are we going to do with some of our off-season Star Trek Discovery programming? Because famously, when the show's not on the air, you and I like to use this as a as a creative Star Trek sandbox for studying Star Trek and Star Trek adjacent properties. And today we really have one of those, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, adjacent would be <laughs> would be the category this is in. I, uh, I discovered the existence of this on the Star Trek subreddit. Which is a place that has never discovered the existence of our show. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, unfortunately, I feel like we promote that a lot more than that puts people onto us but right this was just a post a few days ago and uh, and it's about the existence of this uh this this porn parody of Star Trek the Next Generation I suggested that we do it based on two pieces of information one was that the post title said that they just it's it's on YouTube it's edited all the adult content out so that it's just a YouTube-friendly fan film. And the still frame that the post showed was of the TNG bridge, and it's like actually like not a terrible fan set of, uh-huh. of the bridge. So I was like, what happened here? Like, how is this even a thing? And, uh, and yeah, so we watched it. But <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Yeah, I think, um, you know, when approached as a fan film, uh, I guess that makes me want to ask, like, what do you think of fan films in general before we get into specifically our read on this? Well, so I I don't really watch them. I haven't ever... I haven't ever, like, been able to get into one. I've definitely, like, embarked on trying to watch one once or twice, but... You know, I I think the the low fidelity of them and the bad acting and bad scripting of them has tended to, you know, lose my interest pretty quickly. Um, but so I was looking at the YouTube post of of this film, <laughs> film, <laughs> and uh, it says starring Giles Ashton, parenthetically of Star Trek Intrepid fame. And so then I clicked over to Star Trek Intrepid, and that appears to be like a pretty serious fan film, and maybe even a series. I don't know. Are you familiar with the the Star Trek Intrepid? There's like a whole YouTube page of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, and for reasons that are similar to yours, I don't like fan films or... I won't say, like, and I don't consume them. Yeah. And, like, it's not to say that um, I don't think people should make them if that's what they enjoy doing and all of that. But but I think, like, my personal feelings about the fantasy of becoming someone who lives in Star Trek is that I would rather wait until it's perfect, uh-huh. you know? Like, should we live long enough to experience a Star Trek-like future? Like, that sounds good to me, and I'll go ahead and... and and wait both wait and like do what i can to make that future possible but i'm not going to like put on an ill-fitting uniform and get on camera right and to in order to experience that yeah and that's like the discomfort i feel when i see this stuff is like these people are very clearly enjoying the work and i'm not gonna take that away from them no, but that's, i'm just that's, not that's fucking awesome it's just not for you yeah i'm not gonna do that <laughs> and, and i think like the thing that is like when I, I clicked over to the Star Trek Intrepid YouTube channel and like watched a bit of that, that I definitely got that vibe. Um, and we can talk more about it, but uh, but the vibe is very different in the triple X parody of TNG. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think it is pretty pretty amazing that there were like somebody at a porn studio was watching fan films of Star Trek and was like, "That's a great Captain Picard." We should cast him in our porno. (laughs) 
Yeah. Good job by Giles Aston, like being game for this. Yeah. Pretty fun. Yeah, and and I think that the other thing that's like you know I couldn't help but wonder is this film is you know edited by somebody went and got their hands on a the full length version of this which uh, I'm I gather contains seven or eight hardcore porn scenes and edited those out <laughs> which is such a funny where did they go such a funny idea but then like there, like there are definitely a couple of points in the in this episode where it like does a hard cut and you're like oh that was like that was like two people started fucking so they cut away in that right. in that moment but i did there were also parts where i was wondering was that a cutaway to fucking because of fucking or was it not <laughs> like right. i don't know who who winds up having sex and who doesn't in the in the official version and that was like a funny a funny tension in watching this yeah, this film has a fair amount of like it grasps where interstitials are supposed to happen yeah. on the show. Yeah, it has like the structure of a of a real episode. Yeah, and uh, I think that's what we're going to try to do here is give this episode of Star Trek Discovery the structure of a real episode uh, of the kind where we watch a a movie or an episode. Yeah, do you want to get into it? I do as we uh, as we begin talking about the YouTube video called Star Trek the Next Generation a Tale of Two Cities. I am the cutest of all. Lock faces on that vessel. I am the cutest of all. There are four lights. Ben, this is directed by Sam Hain, uh, who has not directed any other episodes <laughs> of Star Trek the Next Generation. <laughs> though he has directed uh, a few other adult film parodies those of course are the sex files properties oh fun of 2009 and 2010 uh as well as a few others our opening shot is of a uh clearly a model or a toy of the of the uss enterprise kind of uh it's a kind of a top-down shot and uh whatever model this is was not uh, not as precisely detailed as the as the one they use on the show a lot of uh a lot of bits and bobs on the, on the outside of the ship. And then it cuts to kind of a shot from behind the entrepreneur as it uh, enters orbit of a planet. And it looks really weird. It's shot from an angle that is a little confusing, especially because it's backlit. And it just doesn't really look right for, for some reason. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they like changed it intentionally so that it wasn't a dead ringer for the entrepreneur in the show or if this was uh just bad effects work or it's just an angle that you don't typically see the ship from there's a thing in video games uh that is called the uncanny valley and it mostly has to do with with human faces and bodies and and there's like a proximity to realism where that's almost reversed of what you would think. Like the closer the depiction of a person in a video game gets to being real, the more repulsive a, a, a video game player feels about it. And I feel like that's sort of what's going on here with this model work. Yeah. Like they get close to it a couple of times, but they get close to it in such a way that uh, that it doesn't work. And it uh, reads as very strange. I think repulsive is the right word. Sir, we found something. We just cut down to the planet surface, where uh, they actually got some shots from the Vasquez Rocks, which is a famous Star Trek set uh, <laughs> in Southern California. So that was pretty fun. Like I thought it was really funny in this scene that they kind of took advantage of some technology that is super ubiquitous now, but was not uh, easy to get your hands on in the era that they made TNG, which is just like, go ahead and color shift what the sky is you know right so they it's a like purple purple sky instead of a blue sky but the the rest of the colors are are photo accurate i think they went a little crazy with the uh the instagram filterification of this episode but um and and i think part of that is because uh they didn't actually take these actors out to the vasquez rocks they just shot some plates and then shot the actors in front of a green screen and i think that they probably use the you know the color filtration to try and kind of blend them with the background a bit yeah that's what it looks like yeah so it's data and a couple of red shirts and they have found a a casket like embedded in 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 the rocks and it's a 
It's Tasha Yar. She looks a little different than how we remember her being put on the Enterprise C. She grew her hair out. Yeah, and I wondered if she was nude in some way in the box because they don't really show her. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. And I wondered if that was like a part of the fan film edit or what. Uh, Tasha Yar in this episode is played by an actor named India Summer, who you might know, Ben, from films like Cougar Sandwich... (laughs) Fuck My Face 2. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, oh, Mr. Anal. <laughs> Don't call me Mr. Anal. That was my father's name. Yeah. <laughs> we also, like, Data is kind of communicating information up to the ship, and, uh, and we get the the bridge, which was the the thing that made me want to do this more than anything. And it's uh, and it's full of uh, you know like uh, Riker, Captain Picard, Troy are are in their customary seats. Uh, Ensign Rowe is at the helm. Commander Worf, obviously, up at the top of the sh- uh, horseshoe which is uh, squared off instead of round. I guess that was a budgetary concern. They couldn't get a big arcing piece of wood. (laughs) It's pretty solid, right? It is as solid as any other very well-done fan parody film is, I I would say. And, And, like, I don't know, like... I like I think that the economics of this are something that I will never really understand but like that th- that shit costs money you know like they paid some people to put that together and they did a pretty nice job considering Yeah we should say for sure that the the actor that plays Picard is not an adult film actor and all of his adult scenes are replaced with a a stunt person A stunt a stunt dong yeah, and so that, I think, makes the entire project super interesting that Giles Aston was, like, discovered at a convention <laughs> and then cast in this film and that he is, like, uh, pretty cool about uh, being in an adult film uh, as long as he's not doing the doing. I would say that he gr- brings a great deal of gravitas and sincerity to the role of Captain Picard. He really does. He is a He's the high point of this whole experiment i think yeah it's pretty nuts um pretty much everybody else i think is is an actual porn actor uh right we've got uh it's xander corvus playing data uh xander corvus was in big butts like it big <laughs> oh and, and here's one for you ben especially la cavalier <laughs> uh, probably uh french in in some ways yeah here's another parody film it's called power bangers Mm. As in, uh, he plays the Red Ranger oh, wow. in, in Power Bangers. <laughs> Xander Corvus. He is also the stunt cock. In watching this, I wondered, has this actor like familiarized himself with the source material at all? And uh, Oh, you did not think his data was good? I did not. I feel like all of these actors studied their parts and made an attempt. And I think... Data is a very hard character to pull off. God, I'm going to keep accidentally saying stuff like that <laughs> that, <laughs> that can be taken both ways. But, like, Data's very difficult, and I didn't think he was awful at doing that. Like, no contractions. He did a little bit of the, like, curious head tilt of a Data. You know what it really reminds me of is the is the slick back that decides he's an android in that epi- in that actual episode of the show. Wow, I wonder if that was the episode he watched for research. That's a great, great call. Because that's what he's doing. He's like copy of a copying. Yeah. Though I do not understand how. So yeah, this is this is the conundrum. Is we've found Tasha Yar buried in, uh, in the ground on this on this planet. Like, what is this about? And uh, and like that sets up a round the horn war to commercial. And we get the like. I guess this is probably edited in, but the, somebody edited in the the TNG opening sequence, but the German version. Yeah, kind of ominous sounding when it's in German. I think. Yeah, uh, but then I think they cut from that to the the credits from the actual the actual uh, adult film, which are 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 bad and crappy. I would say 
the one part of this film that doesn't adhere to Star Trek canon the most is the size of beds. Like the bed as a fixture in a room in this film yeah. is 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 very present, obviously, as one would be in an adult film. But the bed's too big, and it looks too comfortable, and there are uh, no triangular pillows. Yeah. That would be my, my moment of pedantry here. <laughs> well, it's a different show, Adam. Yeah. Um, we get a scene with Troy and Riker in the holodeck, and uh, I thought they did a pretty nice job of making making this look like the the green screen holodeck from the show because they definitely yeah. in the show do like sometimes the holodeck is a set and sometimes it's a comp yeah and uh, this looks plausibly like the comp and uh, this is definitely a scene that is does not drive the plot at all it's like uh so you said she's been sleeping 13 14 hours a day that's right i've got to check on her later but i didn't want to break our date one would assume this is a B or C story in the plot. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you probably wouldn't be able to tell whether it's B or C until she takes her top off in the real. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So artfully, we cut away to another uh, over top shot of the ship instead of uh, instead of the naughty adult stuff. We get uh, Tasha Yar waking up and Counselor Troy presumably uh, cleaned up after an exciting time with with Commander Riker in the holodeck uh, is like waiting creepily in the room for her to wake up. Mm. Well, I mean, famously, uh, door locks, not a real concern on the D. Yeah. Yeah, and famously doing things that in the real world are super creepy, not a huge concern in either TNG or in most porn. Right, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, Tasha, you are sleeping in a leather jacket, I think. Yeah. Uh, if we want to talk about things that are uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not a, not a breathable garment. They head to Picard's ready room, and it's... Uh, like the conversation is basically about how she must be Yar must be from an alternate universe, not a mirror universe thing, but a a universe that is not our own because they knew for a fact that Yar died when she went back in history with the Enterprise C, which I was like, whoever wrote this like really cares about TNG continuity. I was delighted at how interested the film was in exposition. Yeah. Like, this is not a scene that had a lot of porn cut out of it. Like, this was a long scene of exposition where three characters are talking to each other about the story. Yeah. I did not expect that at all. I know. <laughs> it was amazing. And, and like, if if a sex scene breaks out in this, like, I A, wouldn't be surprised, but B, I also don't know if one does or doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that is such a weird thing to feel about, you know, about a scene. The big takeaway from this scene is that uh, Picard tells Tasha that Sila is a gro- is like a concern for them still. Are you referring to Romyarlin by a different uh, name? <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. There's still a Romyarlin problem happening. Yeah. For them, and uh, that is something that doesn't make Tasha feel very good. I wonder. What do you, would you say that this is located somewhere in like the season six era of TNG? I would say so because, uh, like, there seems they seem to be calling back some of the stuff having to do with that two-part episode and a lot of the technologies, right? The tachyon netting that they use, like, they are definitely pointing back at a couple of specific episodes here. So they, uh, like, despite the fact that this is a Tasha Yar from a different universe, they go out on the bridge and uh, it, it's like introducing her to the crew. In a way that sort of implies, like, yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna integrate Tasha Yar back into into the crew of the Enterprise, and uh, so she meets Geordi and Riker and Ensign Rowe and Lieutenant Worf, who she is pretty freaked out by because in her version of reality, the Federation is always at war with the Klingons. I was surprised that we go. Gonzo here for this camera selection. Like Sam Hain chooses to go POV with Tasha entering the bridge. Right. 
that was uh, oddly like that was poignant. Like like she's greeted by all of these old friends that she used to know and that we used to know. That was well done, I thought. But yeah, her, <laughs> she kind of goes off on Worf. You have a Klingon on board? Yes. And Worf sort of has to remind Tasha of their relationship. Yeah. There seems to be a little bit of, uh, of memory loss here. Worf, of course, played by the great Lee Bang. Lee Bang, of course, uh, of such films as Holy Fuck, It's Huge 3. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, let's see. God, there are some titles here that I just wouldn't even want to read. <laughs> okay, how about Under Pimp Arrest? Oh my God. That's uh, that's another one. You definitely do not want to be arrested by a pimp. No. Who would ever forget uh, Lee Bang's turn as O.J. Simpson in the film? Oh man. Not Monday Night Football XXX. <laughs> <laughs> Is it that they are all like like the porno actors appear in so many scenes that the the likelihood is that they're all gonna have a couple of parodies in their in their resume? I liked Lee Bang in that movie, but he really uh, came into his own uh, in the "This Ain't the People versus O.J. Simpson" <laughs> series. <laughs> he was never better. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so, so the crew splits up, and uh, and Data goes to visit Yar in her in her quarters, and uh, yeah, this is this is the same bed from before. We we do like I th- I think spend an inordinate amount of time with this bed as the primary set for reasons right. uh, pornographic, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what are we gonna Those do? Are the what are we gonna do in this room with this great big bed? Everyone's sort of trying to solve this mystery because while it's great to have Tasha Yar back, people are suspicious that she is back. And so they kind of split up to investigate. One of the people that does this is Jordy LaForge, who uh, who goes into the holodeck and does the Leah Brahms program, which I'm fairly sure he was prevented from ever doing. <laughs> All I could think of was, uh, what if this had been the version of the program that the real Leah Brahms had discovered when she visited the Enterprise? I feel like this program is more like what that was than we could ever realize. This is one of those opportunities that a, that a porn parody can take to, to really explore the world in, in a way that uh, we could only assume was implied by the actual show. Leah Brahms uh, wearing the calzone hair that only Leah Brahms could. Yeah, great calzone uh, continuity. Is played by the great Bobby Starr, who you might know from such films as Ass the World Turns. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she was also in Big Butts Like It Big, the TV series. So there's some crossover here. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and uh, and parody-wise, she's done quite a few. Uh, Ben, you might enjoy Sex in the City. The original XXX parody. Oh, wow. I would uh, be surprised if she played anyone other than Charlotte. She's got kind of Charlotte vibes. <laughs> She's a definite Charlotte, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's also a really intense like fight scene where they go down to some some sparring dojo and Ensign Rowe and Worf are, are doing Klingon uh, Taekwondo against each other. And yeah. Yar offers to like kick Worf's ass because that's what she does professionally and uh, Worf subdues her very quickly yeah uh, I love that Worf does the leg sweep which is canonical Worf fighting I know yeah <laughs> that's great pretty intense and like Data definitely not psyched to, to see her go down like this but then uh, it turns into a pretty tender moment like yeah. a tender moment that is a little distracting because I think it's the worst camera work in the episode. They're kind of yeah. like the eye lines are all really messed up in the in this because she's on the ground and Worf is looking down at her, kind of expressing uh, a lot of love for for Tasha Yar. Yeah, but this isn't the same Tasha Yar. I love Rolaren. I think we all know that uh, Rolaren in this film, played by Dana De Armand who uh, was in a parody of her own called Beverly Hillbillies Triple X. For those of you who are into Beverly Hillbillies (laughs) related adult films. I can think of nothing more erotic than 
black gold or Texas tea. <laughs> That's really what they should have called it, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also the the perfectly titled "Shut Up and Fuck." <laughs> really, kind of the implied title of almost all porn. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like so. This is like one of those scenes where the cutaway feels like, okay, probably Roe and Worf get down. Yeah. And then it cuts back to Jordy and and uh, Leah Brahms. And I'm like, wait, did Jordy and Leah Brahms already get down or have, <laughs> have they still not gotten down? Jordy's visor, not one of the high points of this film. No, definitely like a thing that they got at a gas station uh, sunglasses display. I think if you're making a parody film, not not even a parody film, but if you're making a fan film for TNG, I think it's crucial that you nail the visor. Yeah. It just takes you out of it. Yeah. If it's bad. Well, you know, I mean, legendarily, the real visor gave LeVar Burton terrible headaches. And uh, yeah. if, uh, if I know one thing from what has been told to me, headaches always prevent sex. I really like what the actor who plays Jordy does here. He's maybe the actor that's given the most techno babble. Yeah. Did not think he was bad at the techno babble. You might recognize Tyler Knight from a couple of films here, Ben. Oh yeah. Uh we've <laughs> we've got not the Cosby's triple X. Oh no. Oh god. <laughs> maybe maybe the worst possible adult film. Oh, but uh, he did follow that up with the A-Team, Triple X. Oh, fun. Uh, and also, oh my God, Reno 911, a Triple X parody. I didn't know there were this many parodies. He was Cleveland Brown in the Family Guy parody. Wow. God. Uh, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, uh, You know, like uh, many things that are uncomfortable about porn, the way race is depicted in porn may be the most uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm not trying to yuck anyone's yum. If Family Guys does it for you, then, uh, then in the in the privacy of your own home, go at it. Yeah. Here's what Jordy has discovered, though, in his uh, research with Leah Brahms. It's that uh, traces of Romulan disruptor radiation are found on the planet surface yeah. near where they found the uh, the coffin that Yar was in, and so this seems to suggest that uh, it w- the coffin was placed there more recently than the 10 to 15 years ago that we had supposed. Yeah, and also that there's tachyon radiation associated with Tasha Yar, and if the tachyon radiation is like reducing over time, then it's just a half-life because she was exposed to something, but yeah. if, it's, if it's staying consistent, it means that there's something, there's something afoot. Which also suggests a writer who knows what they're talking about. Yeah, like... Like, this is not something that you just throw darts at a board and and hit. Like, this person knows how Star Trek works. Right. Uh, has watched all of it. <laughs> and I think that also, like, took some fun some fun swings at Star Trek. Like, there's... the This is called, you know, a triple X parody, and there are very few jokes in it, but, like, one of the... One of the lines that Yar has uh, when she's talking to Worf is that like people must feel much less secure now that he's head of security. Yeah, <laughs> and like, and like that's a that's a knowing dunk, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's really funny. I like. I had some real laughs watching this, and and laughing in the right places, you know. Yeah, like there are parts where you laugh at it, but there are definitely parts yeah. where it makes jokes that are are good and and genuinely funny star trek is not good at that and this parody is yeah in some ways so uh no sooner has Jordy kind of unveiled this information than a romulan warbird comes out of cloak and just starts licking shots at the entrepreneur and we get a a space battle where uh where the two ships are firing back and forth at each other uh, Troy goes down, you know, they have reason to believe that Yar is, is a part of this. And so Troy goes down, she's supposed to escort Yar to the six bay, but instead Yar kicks her ass and then kind of barges her way onto the bridge and kicks a bunch of asses up there too, including Worf's. Uh, the, uh, the second match, she defeats him. 
The fight does not go well, Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a couple of red shirts come on the bridge with, with phasers, and uh, this was some, some pretty corny-ass fighting, I want to say. You know what this scene reminded me is just how crucial the edit is when you're, uh, when you're making action, yeah. right? Because this film lingers in shots just a half a second too long, and it totally stunts what action you might feel during a phaser fight scene or during a fist fight. And I think that's that's interesting to see. Like, when you don't get it right, uh, like, this is really thoughtful stuff that well-done action films are able to pull off, and, and often it is about pace. Yeah, well, and, and I think that it is fairly un, uncommon for porn to have really tight editing, you know? Like, that's yeah. not what it's... Like, it's not trying to tell a story in a compelling way, usually. So, uh, you know, somebody who has, who has learned how to edit in that context could be forgiven for not having great chops when it comes to kind of, like, hiding some of the, some of the rough-around-the-edges stuff in a, in a stage combat sequence. And with the pace of production and, like, how many movies are made in a year, like, you look at some of these actors and their credits, they're... There are like three, four hundred credits to these actors. Like, I don't feel like editing is something they put a lot of time in because they're more interested in just like making production. Right. So on screen pops Ram Yarlin, played by the same actress that plays Yar, and uh, this is she's the the wig is uh, a lot more like what we are accustomed to with Ram Yarlin. Um, right. I mean, they're all all of the wigs in this are very bad, with maybe the exception of Troy's, which is very good. Yeah, but uh, and and the uh, and the costume for Rami Arlen is is pretty is pretty rough. They forgot to give her the uh, the pointy shoulders of all of all Romulans. Assume what you will, Captain. All that matters is that I am now in control of your ship. And this was another scene where I was like, man, like did. Like in the real version of this, is there a sex scene where it's Rami Arlen and Yar, like, like doing sex at the same time? Like, did they do like an, a special effects sex scene? That's gross, Ben. I, I listen. It's not necessarily for me, but uh, there's lots and lots of uh, of like incest adjacent stuff on on the uh, on the porno websites these days. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't shock me to to see them try it. Right. But it would be like a, a technical feat. It seems like a technical feat this film would be incapable of. Yeah. Uh, though the film does a pretty good job at the ship-to-ship combat stuff. Like, the when the D shoots its phasers, it looks like it's from the show. Like, it yeah. very clearly is not. But the way that the arc comes across the saucer before meeting and firing, yeah. like that was very well done. Yeah. It's uh it's I I agree. It's surprisingly well done and um and just another thing that is like very easy to get on your computer now but was really hard to do back when they made the, the actual television show. Right. Do you think that these were toys that they that they got shots of and or 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 do you think that they pulled screen grabs from the actual television show because i imagine they expose themselves to a little liability if they pull screen grabs right yeah i think that had to be the case here probably a scene of the two ships fucking was another (laughs) another part of the movie we were unable to watch here yeah Uh, because because the d was very wet Mm. by the end of this fight scene yeah yeah (laughs) dripping Data is able, through some fast action, to block the signal that that Tasha has been receiving. And so, like, the spell on Tasha Yar is broken to the degree that she's able to to fight back. She takes her old station, which is a very triumphant moment, because Worf is on the ground. She starts shooting the phasers herself, shoots some torpedoes, and then... uh, the Romulan ship bugs out. Yeah, she disables the the weapons on the Romulan ship, uh, stops short of blowing up the ship that her daughter is on, and uh, and yeah, the uh, the day is saved, but not quite as safe as as you might feel in this moment because as uh, as we kind of cut around the bridge, we cut to to Yara and she's starting to kind of like get a little loopy, and she collapses on the ground. And Data and Picard rush to her side, and she kind of 
she kind of fades out. Yeah. She says, at least now, my death... Will be uh, will be for something good, something along those lines. <laughs> I never thought I would see like how many death scenes have there been in an adult film, <laughs> like know. ever? I imagine non snuff films. Uh, yeah, exactly. Is the is uh, the sample set? Um, yeah, like it it never happens, right? Like so, the idea of asking India Summer to die on camera has got to be such a thrill for her. I know. Like, like, wow, she's like marshalling all of her acting resources to do this, <laughs> and honestly, not bad. Not bad, and like, I mean, pornos don't typically end on a down note, <laughs> but also like. As has been established, the writer of this really cares about TNG and like yeah, and and I feel like maybe primarily set out to write a script that undid the wrong of Tasha Yar dying senselessly. Yes, cared enough about it to to like give her a second chance to die right. Yeah, amazing. That's great. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they have like a, a, it's a Data and Troy in the ready room. Having a little McLaughlin group issue one with Captain Picard and kind of processing some some really heavy feelings about the idea of her of her death, and that's like uh, it feels like it's going to be the button on the episode. Um, but there's one character that we haven't seen on camera yet, Adam. Yeah, and uh, so Troy and Data leave, and the captain pulls out his his flute from Inner Light and is about to start playing it. When in walks Beverly Crusher, I guess for one last uh, boy-girl sex scene. Pro- this is probably the the only sex scene that the Picard character is in, right? I I honestly don't know. This uh, the version we saw is so is edited in such a way that it's extremely difficult to know like who pairs off. Yeah, I mean you. It suggests the pairs that happen. Like, I think for sure Worf and Roe. I think for yeah. sure Data and Yar. I think for sure Jordy and and Leah. And I think uh, Riker and Troy. Right. But I don't, there might be, like, four other sex scenes that we can't tell. <laughs> yeah. This, this film may be full of Beverly Crusher, but we don't know it until this yeah, moment. Yeah, her, her, her sick bay is just so so lascivious and dirty all the time that they just didn't even bother <laughs> keeping any of it. <laughs> ben, uh, Beverly Crusher in this film is played by the great Kimberly Kane, who you may be interested in knowing is in the Die Hard triple X parody. Oh, fun. Guess who she plays? Uh, <laughs> does she play? Hans Gruber. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That's amazing. Now I have a boner. Ho, ho, <laughs> I just love that casting wow that is really great she leaves and then and then we get like a a Picard monologue out the window yeah the grieving window is back yeah saying farewell to Tasha Yar and, and the ship warps off into the wild blue yonder Ben did you like this episode this lost episode of Star Trek The Next Generation? I, uh, I did. I, I, I didn't expect to like it. And I definitely thought it was, like, rough around the edges in some obvious ways that we've talked about. But, like, there was a, a real charm in it in, in some parts also yeah. that I really didn't expect. I agree. I I really appreciate that the film tried so hard to get the things right that it did like the sound of the ship yeah is like it pervades every scene it sounds like you're on the on the d uh like the character moments like every character got their moment to show you hey i understand like sam hayne clearly understands the show he's parodying and he takes every moment he can to tell you that he does. Right. And I like I respect that. Like he did not take shortcuts. And they care enough to go get a non porn actor who plays Picard in other things and is a near perfect facsimile. About that, it made me wonder to what degree Sam Hain and Giles Aston had to partner to make the film. Because if you get 
a regular old adult film actor to play Picard here, and you are a director constantly explaining why you need to look out a window and feel <laughs> sad. Right. Like, that's not a conversation you're going to be able to have. So I've got to believe that Giles Aston is like, is co-directing this in some ways, like in the scenes that he's in, because he has to be such a wealth of information. Yeah, he knows how to inhabit Picard. Yeah, uh, he, from his Twitter profile, doesn't look like he is an actor and an impersonator any longer. Uh, but for a time, that was a thing that he did quite a bit. And I thought he was really good in this movie. Yeah, pretty wild. I really liked all the like credits at the end. There's like, yeah. like you know, you think of the, the performers and directors of, of adult films as having their adult film aliases, but... What you never think of is like the lighting guy having yeah. an alias, like the cam- like one of the camera guys is named Dr. Phil Good. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's great. Hey, look, like we laugh, but uh, there are a lot of people in production who start here and they are able to get a lot of hours doing production work and then uh, move over to... Uh, independent film and Hollywood film. Yeah. So. For example, the electrician, Stuart Biggins, might not want uh, his real name, his government name out there when he's uh, getting electrician jobs on, on real television shows and movies. And I bet Stuart Biggins, uh, with his 400 credits, brings a lot to any production. Yeah. Like probably a safer guy to work with than than someone just out of film school. Yeah. The production assistant slash boom op, Freddie Fingers, however, I would steer clear of hiring that guy. <laughs> I like the credit Brian Street Team. Yeah. Yeah. A guy who goes by the name Brian Street Team. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Would you like to be on the Brian Street Team Street Team? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, Adam, do you want to check and see if we have any Priority One messages for this extremely weird episode of The Greatest Discovery? Boy, these people are very lucky if they drew this one. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel. Need a supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah, it's extra. But the interest alone could be enough to buy this ship. Ben, we have a single Priority One message here, and it is from Mock. <laughs> okay. And you and you know who this is for. This is for, this is for Chris Star Shrimp Colgar. Yeah. And lucky them. <laughs> <laughs> message goes like this. RSVP, your cat Dexter, he was the best. Oh. A condolent Sears gift card has been mailed to Cal. That is super sad. End of message. I, wow, um, like we pivoted hard into the the laugh that we get from Mock and Chris Darshram Kolgar into real feelings, uh, the death of a beloved pet being something that I can barely comprehend, so RSVP Dexter. That's really tough, uh, and uh, I feel that pain, man. Yeah. Uh, if you have a priority one message you would like us to read on The Greatest Discovery, you can take it out over to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron, where personal messages and obituaries are $100, and commercial messages are $200, both of which are a great way to keep us going uh, in and out of the season of Star Trek Discovery. What do you think of when you think of male grooming? Maybe it's a sharp haircut and a little bit of product, or a bit of the old beard wax twisted into the ends of a mustache. Maybe it's a shower, a shave, a little spritz of fragrance. Me? I think of shaving my nuts. And not just my nuts, all around those nuts. I'm talking all around those nuts. And this form of male grooming is hard to do when your junk looks like a log of Play-Doh rolled through a dustpan in a barber shop. It's wrinkly, it's wriggly, Nothing stays in place, and it's the one area where you don't want to have an accident. That's why I'm glad we're sponsored by the spring cleaning champions at Manscaped. They sent me their brand new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. It's their fifth generation trimmer, featuring two interchangeable next gen skin safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little bit off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. They also sent me an extra large Manscaped t-shirt, which I will never wear, but it was nice of them to do. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TREK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TREK at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in your pants. I spent a lot of last week sick in bed. And one thing I was so happy I had when I needed something to eat but didn't really have the energy to cook myself something was Factor Meals. Got a couple of these in the fridge at all times, and they are delicious, fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted meals. And they're ready to go in just about two minutes. And this is convenience food that is actually tasty and full of real ingredients and not hyper-processed crap. And they got you covered all throughout the day. They got pancakes, smoothies, grab-and-go bites, and uh, you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause and reschedule deliveries at any time. So head to factormeals.com slash trek50 and use code trek50 to get 50% off. That's code trek50 at factormeals.com slash trek50 to get 50% off. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on. Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Did you discover yourself a drunk Shimoda? Incredible drunk Shimoda! I did. It's, uh, I mean, we talked about it already. It's Jordy for continuing to have the Brahms program. And and I, I think especially the scene where he calls uh, where he calls Riker and Picard down to the holodeck to, to see his evidence, and they question it not at all. I feel like Picard gives him a look. <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think he's condoning this. Yeah, just a totally silly element of this that that I thought was very funny and uh, very true to the world of porno, I guess. Right. But uh, a weird feeling in the world of of TNG. How about yourself? You know, I was inclined to go with Jordy also, but I think I'm going to give my drunk Shimoda to Riker and the actor who plays him. Uh I've got to believe that Riker is doing most of the fucking in this movie because he is barely in it. And what he is in is bad. I think he's the one actor that maybe didn't study his character as much as the others. Yeah. Uh, that may have been because he was very busy with a few other films, Ben. <laughs> oh, yeah. Would you, would you like to know what else Rocco Reed was in? Yeah. What, what else has Rocco Reed done? He was in the great Boob Watch. <laughs> of 2011 unclear whether or not that's a Baywatch parody mm. but I think I think we could probably agree that it was one film that was most certainly a parody Ben is the official Silence of the Lambs parody what <laughs> in, in which he played Dr. Frederick Chilton oh my god yeah what Rocco Reed clearly a guy with some range uh, so we so we know he's capable, uh, just didn't really put a ton into the Jonathan Frakes mannerisms that you and I know and love. So uh, there you have it. Uh, Riker and his actor Rocco Reed, my drunk Shimoda. 
I think the one actor we didn't talk about was the one that played Troy, a performer named April O'Neil, who apparently is like is like known as a cosplayer who like shows up at conventions in in like homemade costumes as like uh, geeky things. I love that uh, her professional title is actress, producer, and camera and electrical department. <laughs> I think that's great. Here's what I would recommend to any actor is that they get to know a little bit about production. Yeah. I think it makes you a better performer. Yeah, it makes you uh, understand the language that's being spoken around you. and Yeah, a, a good respect for the trades. Yeah, and also, like, if you can kind of control your own destiny by making your own projects to some extent, that uh, really changes your, your value as an actor uh, in the industry, I think. Right. Well, anyways... <laughs> Uh, April O'Neil, in the very same year that this film was made, was also in This Ain't Dirty Jobs, Triple X. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I wonder I wonder if they had any fun with casting the main character of that as Mike Rowe. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. I, I just love reading adult film titles to you, Ben. Yeah. It's a delight. Oh, yeah. Like a whole new podcast idea. This is a very fun episode to do. Yeah. I, I was reluctant to uh, to do this, but I'm glad that we did. It was a fun little experiment. I uh, I hope uh, I hope it worked for everyone. Um, what are we uh, what are we gonna do next time? This has made me hungry for uh, watching more things. So I, I would suggest maybe watching an original series episode that oh, yeah. uh, that is related to the Discovery season we just watched. What do you think of that? Like, maybe we watch The Cage or something? Watch something with Pike in it? Yeah, let's watch The Cage. All right, let's do it. Let's make that the plan. Cool. Well, that will be next time, and I suppose we'll leave it with Rob's, Rob's, Rob's from here. Take it away, Rob's. The Greatest Discovery is a Maximum Fun podcast hosted by Ben Harrison and Adam Pranica. It's produced and edited by me, Rob Schulte. Our theme music for this episode is by Dark Materia. If you'd like to support the show, please visit MaximumFun.org slash donate or leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. When tweeting about the show, please use the hashtag Greatest Discovery. You can find Ben on Twitter at BenjaminAHR. Adam is at Cut for Time, and I'm at Rob K. Schulte. Thanks. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.